Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus with Rabbi Schneider. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and in today's episode, we'll continue our series on the Holy Land with an episode titled The Tabernacle. In just a moment, I'm gonna take you to a life-size replica of the tabernacle and teach on it. But before we go there, I wanna tell you how difficult it was to get to this tabernacle. We were in the middle of the desert in Israel and my production crew's car broke down. It must have been 110 degrees outside with the sun blazing as they were sweating and schwitzing in the middle of the desert trying to get that spare tire on. We couldn't get a new tire because it was Shabbat. So they had to drive an hour after they changed that tire on a spare tire, but by the grace of God, they eventually made it to the tabernacle. I want you to know, going to Israel is always an adventure. And even though God is everywhere on the planet, present to us all, somehow, in some way, there's an extra anointing on the land of Israel. It really is elevated above the earth in a special and supernatural way. I'm gonna take you now inside the tabernacle. And I believe that as I do, God is gonna impart things into your spirit. They're gonna transform you, energize you, and cause your faith to increase and cause you to fall deeper in love with Him. Today, we're continuing our series from the Holy Land. And as Rabbi mentioned earlier, he'll be delivering this message from Southern Israel, where there's a life-size replica of the tabernacle, or Mishkan, as it's known in Hebrew. And this tabernacle has been built to biblical specifications. We believe that as Rabbi shares this message, God is going to impart revelation into your spirit that will transform and energize your faith. We hope this transformation transformation will lead you into a deeper love for the Lord. Now we have a lot to discuss, so let's get started. This was the structure that the Lord told his people to build exactly according to the instructions that he gave Moses so that he could dwell with Israel. You see, what we find is that Father God desires to be close to his people. And he said, Moses, I want you to build me this Mishkan. I want you to build me this tabernacle that I might dwell with my people. We learn once again that Father's desire is to dwell with us. He wants to have communion with us. He wants to have a relationship with us. But what we also learn is that there needs to be a pattern, a biblical spiritual pattern in order for him to be able to come close. The teaching of the tabernacle is a prophetic shadow of the things that need to be in place in our own souls so that the Lord Jesus can dwell within us. Walk with me now as I take you on a journey through the Mishkan, through the biblical tabernacle. The walls that surround it are 150 feet long, 75 feet wide, and about seven and a half feet tall. They were tall enough so that people that were on the outside couldn't see what was going on on the inside. And the dimensions that separate the actual outside from the tabernacle was designed to cause people to understand that their sin had separated them from God. In other words, that barrier, that fence, is meant to teach us 
that there's a separation, that sin has separated man from God. But listen to this. In God's mercy, even though man's sin has separated him from God, which is evidenced by the walls, God in his mercy, however, made a way in. This is the entrance. But what we're gonna do now is we're gonna go into the tabernacle through, beloved, the one entrance. Remember I said that there was a structure, a fence, all the way around it, 150 feet long, 75 feet wide. You couldn't go in that way. This is the only entrance in. And the entrance, notice once again, is symbolized with this beautiful fabric as opposed to the, uh, the fence, which is just one color. This right here, the fact that it's one way in, represented by this door with beautiful colors, it represents Jesus, who said, I am the way. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus also described himself as the door and the gate and the only way into the Father. And the fact that the tabernacle only has one entrance in represents this beloved ones. So what we're gonna do now is I'm just gonna um, come around here. In the outer court of the tabernacle, there were two pieces. There was the altar, and then there was the brass laver where you would wash yourself. We actually get the word lavatory from the brass laver. It goes all the way back to ancient Israel. But this was the altar. This is the first piece of furniture that the worshiper would have come to. And what the worshiper would do is he would bring his sacrifice with him. And depending on how much money he had, that would determine whether it was a goat or a lamb. But if he didn't have as much money, he might bring a bird. But let's say, for example, that the worshiper had brought with him a lamb or a goat as a sacrifice. What the worshiper would do is he would place his hands on the head of the animal sacrifice. And the Hebrew actually tells us in the book of Leviticus that he actually pressed his weight onto the head of the animal. Symbolically, what he was doing is he was putting his hands onto the head of the animal, leaning into it. Symbolically, he was transferring his sin as he pressed onto that animal. He was transferring his sin, beloved, into that animal. Then the priest would take the animal and they would bind it on the altar by the four horns and they would put it to death and smear the blood around once again, showing us that there is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. This is one of the most primary teachings and fundamental principles of the entire word of God. Going all the way back to the Passover where the Israelites took the blood of the lamb and put it over their doorpost. And because they were in a home that was covered with the blood, judgment passed them over. Same truth we see on Yom Kippur, the day of atonement. The high priest brought the blood of the bull and the goat into the Holy of Holies. So through the entire Torah and Hebrew Bible, we see that God grants forgiveness when an innocent life has been given in the place of the guilty, and it was shadowed in the Torah with the innocent animal dying. And then Jesus fulfilled it once and for all and said, I'm the one to which all these animal sacrifices pointed to. And now that Jesus has himself been crucified and his blood shed, no more animal sacrifices are ever necessary again. So let's continue on. This again is where sin was taken care of. The worshiper brought in his animal, the animal was put to death in the worshiper's place. The blood was shed, signifying that a life had been given because the Bible says that the life of the flesh 
is in the blood and I've given it to you on the altar, saith the Lord, to make an atonement for your soul. Leviticus 17, 11. Notice once again, we're not inside the actual tabernacle yet. We're in the outer court. So we haven't actually gone into the tabernacle. We're just in the outer court. The two pieces of furniture, once again, the altar that I just mentioned, where we have forgiveness of sin. And then we have the brass laver, which speaks about cleansing. And every day, the priest had to come to this brass laver. And it was actually made from the mirrors of the women that ministered outside the tabernacle, Exodus 38, verse eight. So think about this. Here they are, the hot desert sun. You can see there's not a cloud in the sky. The sun is beaming down. It's made of brass. It was filled with water. And every day the, the priests would come and wash. What do you think they saw when they looked over the brass lever that was filled with water? They saw a reflection of themselves. That's why it was made once again from the mirrors of the women that ministered outside the tabernacle. Now this is a very important spiritual principle. The point is that the Lord was cleansing the priest and the way that he cleansed them was of course in the natural, it was with the water that was in the basin. But the principle, the mystery of this is that when they looked over the basin, when it was filled with water, they saw a reflection of themselves. That's why the Lord was so specific when he said that this brass lever had to be made from the brass of the mirrors. You see, a mirror is used to show us a reflection of ourself. And what the Lord is teaching here at a deeper level is that if we want to be cleansed of sin, we need to be able to look at ourselves. And as we look at ourselves through the light of his word and through the light of the Holy Spirit, what happens is we agree with what God shows us about ourselves as we accept the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we're cleansed of sin. Because if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So cleansing comes when the Lord shows us himself by the Spirit, we agree with him, and then what happens is we're washed of the sin. So at a deeper level, that's what this brass laver symbolized. Again, surface level, they washed with the water, got the sand off them, etc. But deeper level, it was used as a prophetic shadow to show us that in order to be cleansed of our sin, we need to be able to look at ourselves and agree with what God's word says because he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness when we agree with what he shows us about ourselves and come into agreement with his word. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus and Rabbi will be right back. If you're looking to better equip yourself in your study, pursuit, and growth in Jesus the Messiah, be sure to go online and explore our treasury of Messianic content. You'll find Messianic teaching tools and videos, information about God's seven annual feasts, the Hebrew names, titles of God, and so much more. This content is ready and available for you today online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Just as this program has been a blessing to you, you can multiply the blessing with others. It's simple when you become a monthly partner. Give a financial gift of any amount today or set up your monthly automated gift by calling this number 800-777-7835. That's 800-777-7835. Or you can visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com when you give your equipping others for Jesus' return. And now, here is Rabbi Schneider. 
Well, beloved, I'm gonna take you now inside the actual tabernacle. Now, inside the holy place, we have the golden menorah, we have the table of showbread, and we have the altar of incense. In back, you'll see a curtain, and behind that curtain is the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant is. I'm gonna begin now by going over to the golden lampstand or the golden menorah. This is one of the main official symbols of Judaism. You'll see on much of Jewish displays, you'll see the picture of this menorah here. Now, this menorah is different than what some may see with a nine-tiered menorah because the nine-tiered menorah is a Hanukkah menorah. But the menorah in the tabernacle, in the Mishkan, notice it was seven branches as opposed to the nine-tiered menorah for Hanukkah. Now, I want you to hear me. This is very important. This golden menorah was made from one piece of hammered gold. In other words, these different sticks that are part of this lampstand here were not attached to it. They were never separate, but rather this was all formed and molded out of one piece of gold. This was one big lump of gold that had been formed in this direction. Again, not separate pieces that were connected, but it was all one continuous lump that was hammered out to form the seven different lampstands. I want you to think about this. In the book of Revelation, chapter number one, where John is brought before the throne of the Lord, he hears the voice of God coming to him saying, from he who was, from he who is, and from he who is to come. And he said, listen, from the seven spirits that are before the throne. Notice how many flames we have. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You see, beloved, the menorah, the light that's coming from the menorah represents the Holy Spirit. You would not be able to see anything in here at all. It would be pitch black because, again, the roof is covered, the sides are covered. The only light that's in here is the light that's coming from the golden lampstand. And the point is, we're in the holy place. This is the place where we can perceive the things of God. This is the place of revelation. And the concept is, is that we can't grasp God's mind by relying on the natural sun. The natural sun is outside. I'm talking about the sun that shines, you know, on the animals and the plants and on the earth. We can't perceive deep revelation oftentimes through the natural sun. To be able to receive God's thoughts, we need to be able to receive it through the light of his spirit. So inside this holy place, we have no natural light. The only light we have is coming from the golden menorah, which represents the light of the Holy Spirit. You see, David said, in thy light, there is light. There's different types of light in the world. Even the devil disguises himself as an angel of light. But when we have God's light, we're able to truly have, beloved ones, the thoughts of God and perceive the depths of the spirit. Now, the light from the menorah is what gives us the ability to perceive the other objects that are in the holy place here. And so I'm gonna take you next to the table of showbread. These 12 loaves, stand for the 12 tribes of Israel. They were also known as the bread of presence. And the Torah tells us that God's eyes were continually upon them. And again, they represent the tribes of Israel. So this speaks to us of several things. Number one, that the Lord is saying, my eyes are always on my children. 
And then the priest would actually eat the bread on the Sabbath and then replace it. The truth that we find from this is, is that because this is called the bread of presence, meaning God's presence, the truth is, is that we eat God's presence. We live by the presence of God. God alone is our source. Once again, it's called the bread of presence. There's 12 here representing the 12 tribes of Israel, and every Shabbat the priest would eat it and replace it. They would eat the bread of presence. So what the Lord is saying is that I am your source. Just like Jesus quoted from when he overcame the devil in the wilderness when he said, man shall not live by bread alone. He was quoting from the book of Deuteronomy, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And so the bread of presence here, God is always looking at his people because he loves them. And he is our source of life. He is our presence. Let's continue on now, beloved, to the altar of incense. The altar of incense was the place where they would burn continually a special recipe of incense that was prescribed by the Lord. It wasn't just any incense, it was an exact mixture that was specified in the Torah. The incense was always burning. And the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation, chapter five, verse eight, that rising incense represents, listen, the prayers of God's children, the prayers of the saints. And because there was no wind in here, the smoke of the incense went straight up. And this speaks to the fact that our prayers should ascend straight up to God. Sometimes when people pray, it looks like they're praying, it sounds like they're praying, but they're not really praying in the true sense because sometimes what they're doing is they're praying to impress somebody else or they're praying in a way that they think uh, it will impress other people. And when they do that, their prayers aren't going straight up, their prayers are going outward. Maybe they're standing up and they're praying and it sounds real sanctimonious, but what's in their heart really is, I wanna sound good in front of these people that are listening to me pray. That isn't prayer that ascends straight up, but the prayers, beloved, that truly please God, are prayers that arise straight up, just like the smoke of the incense in the tabernacle here arose straight up, beloved ones, to the Lord. So I pray today that you've learned that we need to rely on the light of the Holy Spirit. We need to be convinced that God loves us and to eat of his presence. And we need, beloved, to be bathing our lives and saturating our lives in prayer. Prayer is just reaching out to God. It's just talking to him. And we can develop a continual state, beloved, of being conscious of his presence. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and our Bible teacher is Rabbi Schneider. This series of messages was previously recorded on location in the Holy Land, and it's our prayer that this series has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to not only hear this straightforward and authentic teaching again, but you'd like to see the tabernacle and the other items like the brass laver and the showbread that Rabbi talked about today, make sure to check out our YouTube channel. And you can also learn more about Rabbi and our ministry when you go to our website. You'll find us online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. That's discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And while you're there, be sure to learn more about all the ways that you can support this ministry this year. To talk a little bit more about that, once again, here is Rabbi. 
I want to read you what I believe is one of the most beautiful scriptures concerning the promise of God that comes to us when we honor Him with our wealth. I'm reading Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Open your heart. Listen to this word that the Lord gives us. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. This is a direct promise that when we honor the Lord with our finances, He responds to that by supernaturally blessing our lives and circumstances. If you believe this, I want to ask you, if you sense the Holy Spirit knocking on your heart right now, make your best offering to the Lord through discovering the Jewish Jesus. Thank you for your help. I love you. God bless you and shalom. To take a step of faith right now by giving a gift of any amount, write to us at Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. That's P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Or you can also automate your monthly giving online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You can also give over the phone when you call 800 777 7835. That's 800-777-7835. As our way of saying thank you for your generous financial gifts, we'll send you Rabbi Schneider's Message of the Month that's available as a digital download. And we'll also send you a copy of our latest newsletter that's packed with the most current news and updates, along with expanded teaching from Rabbi and his wife, Cynthia. And then before we hear from Rabbi Schneider again, let me remind you that another great way you can stay connected with this daily program is by subscribing to our podcast. With the holidays upon us, it's easy to miss a message on the radio. But with the podcast, you can take Rabbi with you wherever you go. Just look for Discovering the Jewish Jesus on your favorite podcasting platform. Or you can hear Rabbi when you download the Rabbi Schneider app. And on the app, you can also view our broadcast schedules for radio and television, read the daily devotional, and sign up to receive regular text messages from Rabbi. And if you haven't explored this amazing resource yet, then be sure to check it out today. And then download it to your cell phone or your favorite smart device. And now to wrap up today's message on the tabernacle from our series, The Holy Land with a special blessing, here is Rabbi Schneider. In the book of Numbers chapter 6, we find a personal blessing from God our Father. This blessing should touch our hearts because it's so personal. Father God wants to intimately bless you. So receive his blessing into your life today with gladness and an open heart. Yavah Yahweh Yair Yahweh Panavelecha Vihunecha Isa Yahweh Panavelecha Veasem Lecha the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. If you'd like more information about Discovering the Jewish Jesus, visit our website at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You'll find our broadcast schedule, podcast links, teaching notes, and so much more. And while you're there, let our prayer team pray for you. We lift up each individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. Submit your prayer request or testimony at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You can also connect with us on your social media outlets to stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries, and I'm Dustin Roberts. Join us again next week when Rabbi Schneider takes us on a journey through the Holy of Holies. That's Monday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.